All right, folks, welcome to the Jackson Lucas HR Podcast. Oh, my goodness. I am not your host. I'm your host today. But today, I'm interviewing the host of the Jackson Lucas Impact HR Podcast, Debbie Damasek. Debbie, welcome to your show. Great. Thank you, Chris. I'm really excited about kicking this off. It's going to be an excellent journey of HR talent, and I look forward to learning more and more about all of the folks. And with that, enjoy the interview with Debbie and get to learn more about her. Have a great rest of your day. Bye-bye. All right, Deb, thanks for coming on the podcast. How are you? How's your day? Uh, thanks for uh, having me here. And my day has been great so far. And it's beautiful out in New York City. So Good. I think it's the calm before the storm because it's not, it's supposed to be bad weather going forward. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Well, Deb, you are a managing partner at Jackson Lucas, our firm, and you are going to start your own podcast. Isn't that correct? That is correct. That's correct. Well, can you tell us what the podcast is about? Sure. So um, I've been in the HR space for a long time, the human resources space, and I have been recruiting in that space amongst many other things that I recruit for. Um, but the plan is to pull HR out of, you know, and, and create its own vertical and um, focus on senior level CHRO type searches. So as you know, part of that process, I'm gonna start doing a podcast called Impact HR. Um, it's a takeoff on the podcast that you do, Chris, which is Impact Real Estate. And it's sort of our brand. And the <laughs> plan is to you know, interview HR folks, talk to them, hear their stories, hear their career path, find out how they got to where they are, you know, get in intel on what's going on in the HR space, what's hot, what's not, um, trends, all of yeah. that kind of stuff. So that's the plan. Where'd you grow up? I grew up in Westchester, New York. Did you always want to be in HR? Since no. You were a young child. Were you bossing people around on the playground, <clears throat> telling them not to do that and not to do that? You know, I didn't even know what human resources was when I was growing up. I had no idea. I fell into it sort of randomly. I, w I spent the first 10 years of my career in banking of sorts um, and just randomly landed in HR. And I so have what, not. Wait, so you went to, wait, wait, so wait, 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 wait. Let's, you're going too quick. People got, did you, you went to college, didn't know what you wanted to do. You came Correct. out of college and then you, you got into HR? So when I came out of college, um, the, the thing then was a management training program. So I went to work gotcha. for Bankers Trust in their management uh -huh. training program, had nothing to do with HR, and I spent 10 years, basically 10 years, doing that. Oh, initially. so you were involved in, so you knew the business side of it. Correct, exactly. So that must have been very helpful when you transitioned to the HR side of it. Exactly, and that was really how I convinced um, my first role was at Deloitte, Deloitte Consulting, and that's how I convinced them. I said, I, I come from the business and I want to move into recruiting and, you know, HR and recruiting. And they fell for it. And that was <laughs> my HR career. And so what did, what did you do? Like, what's kind of the skill set of being a HR, internal HR slash recruiter? 
Yeah. So, I mean, I really was focused on recruiting and most large companies um, bifurcate recruiting and human resources, you know, actual human resources. So obviously the big difference is hiring people on the recruiting side or talent acquisition, you know, uh, many firms call it. And the human resources side, which is more employee relations and change management and, you know, uh, promotions and and succession planning and all of that kind of stuff. So I was particularly focused in the human in the uh, talent acquisition or recruiting space. Mm. So what do you what, what does that mean? Like you work so I've never worked as an internal recruiter before. Mm. Uh, what is that? My understanding is that like the business comes to you and say, hey, we need this type of person. And like you have to work hand in hand with like your clients are the internal business lines. Is that correct? Correct. And so basically most companies particularly ones that are decent in size, um, go through a process each year where they where they create a, they figure out what their budget's going to be um, based on revenue predictions. And then they decide what that means from a headcount standpoint, which are additional FTEs, ad- additional headcount. And they also consider the fact that th- there will be some turnover. So they base it on average turnover from prior years. And then <clears throat> the recruiting function will work with the business. Once that is determined, the recruiting function will work with the businesses to um, sort of lay out, you know, what that means from a role standpoint, level, title, compensation, things like that. And then the internal recruiting team will go out and start to, you know, look at talent. And they, you know, we spread it out throughout the year. So it's not all at once, but you start to look for talent. And, you know, there's, there's a, understanding of the business part of it. There is a technical part of interviewing folks using the mm. systems, which when I started, there weren't really, you know, a lot in the way of systems. We were getting faxes um, and putting ads in the New York Times. <laughs> um, not to date myself, but that's what we did. And wow. so, you know, I eventually ran a team of recruiters. Wow. Okay. That's cool. And then you were, uh, you worked your way through other different organizations. Like I think you were at Credit Suisse, right? And yeah, so Black I Rock. spent I spent about 10 years at Deloitte and then I decided that financial services in particular interested me, so I left there and I went to work for Lehman Brothers and I was at Lehman at the time that it went down. So I was there for about a year and a half um, and I witnessed the whole debacle of Lehman Brothers, which was very sad especially for people that had been there for many years. People love that firm. Um, I then went spent a year at a hedge fund called Bridgewater, for those who have ever heard of it. Um, Very, very interesting experience. And then I went to Credit Suisse and I ran recruiting there for their asset management business, which is the same thing I did at Lehman. Um, And from Credit Suisse, I went to BlackRock and I was there for five years. And I also ran ran recruiting for a a portion of the firm. Wow. Those are are big names. And then uh, you rolled out and so then you joined the dark side. Yes. Well, I mean, I guess you worked at some big organizations, so it's like you got to learn all the different functionalities and different business lines. And so it weren't just it wasn't just like you were just, hey, we're just recruiting for like accountants or whatever. So it's like you right. got to learn how business operate. And, you know, that's kind of how I started in recruiting. I did a ton of different things. So I learned how all these different jobs worked together for all these different companies. Um and is it like, did you just want a little more, like, what was the purpose of going out to like an external, to an agency? To the search side. So, yeah, so I spent so many years um, 
on the corporate side. And I, I really did love what I was doing. You know, it varied based on where I was and what my specific role was, but I pretty much loved being on the corporate side and never really thought I would go to the agency side. Um, and I do think the advantage was that I got to do a deep dive for many, many years with the business. I watched I watched businesses grow. I felt like I contributed to the growth of different businesses from a you know human capital and headcount standpoint. And I got to know a lot of people and I really got to understand what the different roles were um, within, you know, financial services and asset management in particular. Um, unfortunately, I got laid off from BlackRock what? Um, early 2019. And I was, um, you know, out in the market looking for a job. And some folks that I knew had asked me to do some search work with them while I was looking because I didn't really right. think I wanted to go to the search side. And as I worked with them, I sort of fell in love with it. I really, really fell in love with the search side, which I didn't originally think was would be something that I would like. Um, I think the big difference, which I never really thought about, was that, you know, in corporate America, it's corporate you are you know doing a lot of different things around recruiting and then also doing recruiting um but a lot of it was reports and presentations and working with business on budgets and and things like that and then eventually and i did that for so many years the going to the search side felt like i was finally doing my actual craft that i had spent yeah. so many years building you know like i actually was out there digging deep into talent and all the networks that I had created through the years and the people that I knew and the understanding of the business. But now you're really talking to the actual talent and trying to place them at the right place for them and the right place for the, for the client. Yeah. I, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. I've never, yeah, it's, I, I mean, I've worked with you on searches and you're really great at, at dealing with a lot of the institutional stuff that, maybe I'm not as good at dealing with uh, or used to dealing with as far as like the buyouts and the, you know, the carry and their offers and just kind of figuring all these tons of moving parts out, which I'm sure you had to do uh, many times uh, yeah. working at, the, at at these shops. And then you, your network with HR professionals in New York, especially is, is, it's great. Like, you know, we go to these, these shops and it seems like they, all, all you, all you folks, all you HR folks kind of part of the same club. Yep. Yeah, no, I would I would agree um, to the to the first point you made. I think that there is an advantage. You know, I I'm new on the search side, although it's been about almost five years now, but I still feel like it's new in a lot of ways. But um, I what I bring what I what I feel is a huge advantage for me. Um, you know, that helps the fact that I'm new is that I sat in the seat. Right. of all the clients that we're dealing with for so many years. So I really understand some of the challenges, some of the things they're up against, budgets, timing, all of that kind of stuff, which I think is really, you know, it's helpful. And, and I think my clients feel that, um, that I understand what, what's going on on their end. And then in terms of my HR network, so having been at all of these places for so many years, recruiting sits within an HR department. And you get to know HR people you know, really well, and people move from place to place. And eventually over time, you have this massive network of people that are scattered around all of these different funds and all of these right. different platforms. 
And I try really hard to stay in touch with people and in contact with people. I've built some good, strong relationships over time that I really value. And, you know, I, I think that is, you know, one the probably the biggest reason why it makes sense for me to focus on an HR, you know, uh, business and, and, you know, tap into the network that I have, which is, which is a really deep network. Well, I know our, like when we work together, our clients really appreciate that experience of yours. Cause you can, even if they don't have their internal HR, like internal HR, you can kind of come in and say, all right, here, here's what we got to do. You take charge of the situation. This is like, you know, you put on that, yeah. that, that hat. Um, yeah. And then you joined us, uh, man, it feels like I've known you my entire life, but when did you join us? Three years ago? Almost three years. February will be three years. It was best day of my life ever made. Um, (laughs) I'm not not just saying that. I think we have a very, very special firm. We pride ourselves on the relationships that we create internally um, with our partners, with our, with, you know, everyone that works on our team. Um, We care a lot about our people and, I think we do an excellent job of filling roles. And I know that sounds very basic, but because we're boutique you know, I sat on the other side, I dealt with search firms many times throughout my career. And, you know, there's often a sales team and then an implementation team and the two don't really connect. Um, and I think we operate very differently where, you know, whomever's involved to begin with is involved the entire way through. We also have excellent, you know, an excellent team overall, and we have really good research function. So I think that, you know, that in my opinion, you know, makes us stand apart from other search firms that I've dealt with before. Yeah. I, I mean, I love our, I love our firm. Uh, and I think our clients really do too, generally. Um, so yeah, I mean, what going through your long and historic career, can you give some uh, what what are the, some lessons you've learned? Um, yeah, okay. So I think you know, all you have ultimately is your reputation. I think it's really, really important to make sure that you maintain your reputation, that you do the right thing, that even if the right thing costs you money and it's not the right answer financially, if it's the best answer for the long term and you continue to have respect with those that you work with and your clients, I think that's just as critical as it can be. It takes a long time to rebuild a reputation. Um, and quite frankly, I've sat on the other side of search firms for a very long time and, you know, have dealt with some not so, you know, upstanding search firms and, and search people. Um, and so I think that's probably an obvious lesson, but I do think that it's, it's critical in, in our business and what we do. Um, definitely maintaining a network at all times is so important for so many different reasons. You never know when you're going to find yourself unemployed. You never know when you're going to want, need to tap into people, whether it's referrals, whether it's them using you, you know, from a search standpoint. Um, I think that's also very critical. And the other thing that I, I think about, and it's sort of one of the ways that I really do operate is I think that perception is the most important thing. When you think about, 
you know, how you come off to people and what you did and what they think. It's really what they think, no matter what you think you did. And so trying to see the other side, trying to understand how you were perceived, trying to understand, you know, what people think of you and, you know, how they experience what you do is it doesn't really matter what you think you did. You know, it's really about what they think. Putting yourself Um, in their shoes. Exactly. And, you know, and one other thing I would just like to add is that I managed people for a long time in my career. And I was in many scenarios where people would say to me, like my boss or my boss's boss would say to me, they don't have to like you. They just have to respect you. And I never agreed with that because I think both of those things go hand in hand. And I think loyalty and followership is very important if you want to, you know, get traction on anything. You develop people, you make them, you know, good at what you do, what they do, that you teach them everything you know, and you also get a lot in return from them. And I think that having that longevity with people and being able to rely on them and them know you and them rely on you is also a really important part of running a good business. Yeah, it's that balance, right? Of, yeah. Uh, sometimes you got to tell these people, though, that stuff they don't want to hear. Oh, yeah. In order for their benefit, too, right? Absolutely. And I think that's part of them liking you. You know, if you can convey that kind of information to people and help them to understand that you're actually really helping them, it is, you know, ultimately, it may not feel great in the moment, but ultimately, they will respect you and like you as well because you're helping them for, yeah. for their career. Love that. Yeah. Well, Debbie, um, something we do on the Impact Real Estate Podcast, which you may or may not do on the Impact HR Podcast, yeah, is we have people sit on the hot seat. Are you ready for the hot seat, Debbie? <laughs> oh, no. I'm so bad at this. Okay, go. Oh. The Hot Seat is sponsored by KK Reset. KK Reset is an HR management and outsourcing consulting firm that specializes in helping organizations to reset their culture, structure, and path. They do this through services which include comprehensive consultation to identify gaps and opportunities for corporate training programs, HR services, and career mapping services. They've collaborated with nonprofit startups and academic organizations to protect them from liabilities, reduce turnover, and preserve their brands. They have also collaborated with a number of my clients on the real estate front who are not large enough to have their own in-house HR program. So they outsource it to KK Reset. KK Reset comes in, maybe sits on site a couple days a week and provides you know everything you need from an HR perspective for your, for your firm. So it's a great uh, resource for those shops who just maybe it doesn't make sense for them to have in-house HR function. Um, so please check them out at kkreset.com. K-K-R-E-S-E-T.com. Seven times four times six. No, I'm kidding. Uh, do you have a book and or podcast recommendation? Um, oh, God. Um, do I have a book or a podcast? Do you have a book I, you're I reading am, now? I do read a lot of books. I actually, I actually listen to books and for a while I was told I should listen to books and I thought, nah, I get too distracted and whatever. Now I'm obsessed and I get through books very fast and I read a lot. Um, I am reading a book right now called wellness. It is not a self-help book. It's actually a novel. It's excellent. I highly recommend it. And I am available for book recommendations of all sorts. If anyone 
wants, you know, specific recommendations. Maybe there should be an HR book club. Yes, I would love that. (laughs) (laughs) I've got most of my book, a lot of my book and TV. We used to ask about TV show recommendations uh, from this podcast. Um, What advice would you give for someone who's trying to navigate their career in the HR world? Um, So I would say that, you know, it's, I think when you, when you're looking at a role, when you're a senior person and you're looking at a job, it, mm. I always feel it is a business decision between you and the employer. And it's not a, oh my God, I hope they hire me. I hope they hire me. At a certain level in your career, it has to be a really good decision on both sides. So as a candidate, always understand, you know, do the best you can to really understand what it is you're getting into, what the culture is like, um, you know, what is the overall vibe of the place and how do you think you can really be additive? Because it's not just, you know, there is a tendency for people to hire people that are just like them because there's a comfort in that. And it's sort of an old story about how diversity doesn't happen when you do that, because generally people who are like people come from similar backgrounds and similar places, but adding something to the group or the team um, or the firm is really what, you know, what they should be hiring for someone who actually well, you know, creates a more well-rounded team. And you should understand that you're getting yourself into a situation like that, where you really, the things you bring to the table are valuable and, um, and, you know, will be heard once you get there right. as opposed to, you know, that's a good name of a firm. I really want that on my resume. But you're also part of our, you are also part of the Jackson Lucas DEI community where we do work with cl- our clients where they, you know, sometimes it's about hiring d- diverse candidates, but then it's also about integrating diversity in yeah. culture of the firm, right? As far as, you know. Uh, just people and people actually diverse candidates get there. Right. And so it's more, it's more than just, Oh, we got to hire a bunch of people that don't look like us. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, you know, one of the mistakes that I think we make is that diversity right now is recorded based on, you know, very specific things based on EEO regulations. But really what is important is that you create a diverse team of diverse thinkers. And obviously there is, you know, this belief that if you come from a different place, if you have a different ethnic background or whatever, that you're, you know, basically a different thinker, which is absolutely true in most, most cases, but also just people that think differently than you, that look at a problem and solve it differently is really, really beneficial to creating a diverse, you know, thought process and diverse outcome. And I think that is, you know, what, our clients really crave. And I think that's what makes it work the best. But I also think that, um, you know, it's, um, it's, it's a, it's a topic that has been around for a long time. I think we're getting better at it when our clients don't ask, you know, specify that they want someone diverse. We do it anyway. It's just part of what we do. Right. And I think everyone should participate in, in diversity in that regard, regard, you know, regardless of what is being asked of them. Yeah. And some people want their like statistics to make sure that we're actually 
it's not even the people they're interviewing it's the people that we're sourcing right so correct yeah yep exactly um, and then final question this is the uh, the impact podcast mm-hmm. do you have any mentors that you'd like to give a shout out to that have had impact upon your career um do I positively have any- or negatively Okay. Positive, um, positively. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't, ha- I wouldn't say I have one specific mentor because there are a lot of people that I've learned from along the way. And when I worked, when I work for people, I always try to identify what they have in their toolbox, skill set, personality, whatever it is that I feel is one of my weaknesses that I can learn from. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, and I really try to at least appreciate that aspect of them and what I can learn from them. I had um, a manager for about five years of my career. I, I prefer not to say names, but um, who, you know, there were a lot of things that I knew that she didn't know. There were a lot of, you know, experiences that I had that I brought to the table that she actually didn't have, but she had the one of the things is she had many, many great qualities, but one of the things she had, which I knew was one of my weaknesses is the ability to navigate in a corporate environment because it mm-hmm. is very specific. And I watched her and I learned from her and I thought it was such an excellent experience um, and learning and growing for me. So I think that's that you have answer. to I like that. step out. Yeah. I thought you were going to yeah. say Anthony Fonzo, but I guess not. Well, Chris Papa, definitely. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, You're my I mentor. Do, <laughs> I do think, like, Chris, you know, working with you, I mean, you have such a, a relatable way with people. And I find that to be so, that that works so well. We are in a people business, after all, and, I, and, and a relationship business. And I think that works really well. And I've worked with other people that are very serious and very specific and get very deep in an area and a topic. And I also think that works well. You know, there are different things that work. You have to, you have to read the room. You have to know your clients right. and what's in your candidates and what's going to work for them. And it's not really, you know, effective to just do what you think is the best thing to do, but to sort of, you know, read the room and, and be able to pivot and be nimble with your clients and your candidates both. Yeah. And I think that's, we have such a great culture at uh, Jackson Lucas because a lot of us are, you know, internally we're, we take our jobs very seriously, but we're not necessarily super serious people, but we all have different backgrounds and different approaches to things. And we, we, we feed off each other on that and we learn from each other. Definitely. I definitely agree. Well, Debbie, it was great to have you on the podcast, your podcast, and you're going to start taking it as the host from here on out. And we yep. look forward to, to hearing all of your crazy, wacky. No, we look forward to hearing from all your guests and uh, your successful podcast. So thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much, Chris. <laughs> <laughs>